All right. Hi, I'm JC from A Life Divided, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Anyway, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I'm Bruce. This is my partner, Rena, all the way from Finland. Hi. Nice to meet you. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> no worries at all. So uh, for, those, for those not familiar with a, a light divided, we could just jump right in. Can you give us the two-sentence elevator boardroom pitch? Oh, man. I'm not sure. Let's see. Um, high energy rock and roll with, you know, good to listen to in the car with the windows down, driving down the highway. That's my vibe. I think that's nice. a good explanation, right? Because I listened to Rain, and my first instinct was to crank that sucker up because it's so well produced and well written. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. That's kind of the vibe I was going for. You know, it's an element of sadness, but trying to spin it into something a little bit more lighthearted. Right, Rena. Well, so tell me more about the band. Like, how did you guys end up together? How long have you been together? What's, what's uh, up? I I started this band forever ago, back in like 2007, when I was 19 years old and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. It was my first real band. So I've kind of just started that with um, our drummer, Adam, and just kind of been, you know, going through life lessons, trying to figure out what I wanted the band to be, where I wanted it to go, and just kind of riding the wave. And poof, here we are. <laughs> I think we finally got to a point where... Uh, I know what I'm doing, sort of, maybe. I don't know. You tell me. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say you know what you're doing if you've got 2.8 million Spotify streams and you hit number nine on Billboard, right? So yeah, you must know what you're doing. Slowly figuring it out. Like I said, it's been a learning process. And, you know, like the first, like, at least half of my career was, you know, just playing at every bar that would have us, just having fun, being an angsty teen. And, you know, it wasn't until our most recent album, the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure one, that I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to take this seriously and try to get it to the next level. Right. So, Rain, you you mentioned it, and I had it in my notes here. Rain is definitely has, has a, uh, a deep topic, and it's very yeah. emotional. But we talk about mental health on this show quite a bit. I mean, it oh, great. A lot. So can you tell us what it was like writing Rain, why you wrote it? Was it cathartic? Give us some insight into it. Yeah, so Rain was written during one of the like darkest parts of my life where I felt like I was just getting pummeled by life, but I didn't really feel like I could talk about it to the people around me because I didn't want to be like a buzzkill. So right. I think that's one of the most isolating parts of depression is feeling like you have to pretend like you're okay when you're not. So Rain was really just a release. So it was super cathartic to, you know, really sink into those feelings and dive deep and just get them out because I think that that's also really healthy after a while. And, you know, what better medium to express yourself through music? And it's it's tough to put a topic like that out. But, I mean, obviously we all go through shit like that. So I think it's also important to kind of normalize talking about it as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and like, you know, that there's, there's the aspect of, of like not wanting to be a buzzkill, not wanting to be a burden to exactly. the people around you. Uh, then there's also the aspect of, of like fear, of, as in like, what if I tell people around me that I'm really struggling? And the response mm -hmm. I get is unempathetic, annoyed, 
or like uh, dismissive, anything that isn't basically empathetic and supportive. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like a huge fear. And then there's even the like the third layer of it, depending on what your life is like in that situation, what sort of responsibilities you have to take care of, no matter how shitty you're fucking feeling, you still have to get up and like feed your kids, get them to school, drive to work, do all the things, not show your kids or or like, you know, other or people, people at work, you know, that this is, this is going on. And, and that there's this uh, fear of like, what if I let it out even just a little bit and then the like dam is broken and I can't stop it anymore and I drown in it and all this stuff, how, how is it going to get done then, you know? And cause hey, you right. guys are in the States, uh, you know, the, healthcare system kind of sucks so yes (laughs) (laughs) you know so so you know that this is the the dam breaking is a huge risk you know what if I'm not able to work anymore what if I'm not able to provide so Uh there's like yeah go ahead JC sorry yeah uh, and there's been a ton of people in my life where I got times where I have you know opened up and they I've been met with like you said it's like not empathetic they're like oh you're a drama queen oh always the sky is falling like Every somebody else always has it worse. You have no perspective. And you know, like, that's not helpful at all. You know, like just because your situation isn't necessarily as bad as someone else's doesn't mean that your experiences aren't valid, you know. Um, but it's really hard to see that sometimes when you're in the thick of, you know, something really dark and like heavy. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I hate that narrative of like well, that and that person has it worse than you. If mm-hmm. that's the freaking logic we're using, then there is one single person on earth at a time who has the right to complain and be sad and be unhappy right. because they have it the worst, you know? Yes. <laughs> because yeah. Then everybody underneath in that pyramid doesn't have the right. And that's that sucks so much because we have like different levels of resilience, different re- levels of, of support around us, different levels of, of just like skills and 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 strengths that we are born with that basically define how we can how we can battle these things when they are landed in our lap and it's not something anybody ever orders like I wish I was like depressed I wish I had awful crippling anxiety these are not things people sign up for (laughs) yeah and and that's why it's so bad when when you get those shitty responses from people because it's not right something that anybody wants to happen yeah yeah exactly like I'm already feeling negative you don't need to remind me that I'm also doing that at the same time like I came (laughs) to you for support and comfort and you're literally making it worse so yeah so like I said so this song is really just about venting so even if you're alone in the car you can work through some of those feelings in a way that's you know healthy therapeutic like I said just get in the car screaming at the top of your lungs and you know, even if it makes one person feel better, I feel like I've done my job here. How hard yeah. is it to be so vulnerable? Oh, tough, because I am a super guarded person. But, you know, it's been like specifically when we did this last tour and I stood on stage and like talked about what the song was about and where it came from in front of a room full of people. It felt 
really like it was so scary I was tripping over my words the entire time because it's just like you said it's really tough to put yourself in such a vulnerable position but at the same time it was also really great to feel super connected to everybody in that room at that moment and to help everybody feel a little bit less alone and for everybody at that one moment to kind of come together realize that we all deal with shit and just kind of forget about all the bad stuff that's going on outside of the room for just like a few minutes right that is excellent. And and like, you know, it's, it's when you turn to the wrong direction to the wrong person and you get a shitty reply in a shitty situation, it kind of skews your thinking and your view of other people in the world. Whereas like most people are understanding. Most people yeah. are empathetic. Most people want to give you like a soft place to land if you're coming from a hard place. But <clears throat> that that's the thing. Like maybe, maybe that experience sort of... Uh, lifted that weight a little bit hopefully off of you and and yeah. like reminded you that there is uh an abundance of kindness around us and it's right. just not always visible absolutely like i said it was a really cathartic experience and like a lot of the times when we do writing i always like to have like a hopeful note to it but with this one in particular i really just wanted to lean into the bad feelings because that's exactly what it feels like when you are in the midst of the press and you're not thinking about the good stuff it's just everything sucks it never gets better you know yada yada so I really just wanted to lean into that side of it and like you said just put myself out there be vulnerable and not try to have like because sometimes you don't want sometimes you don't even want to hear that oh it's okay it'll get better you know there's always the rain can't last forever so I was like well no it comes but never goes <laughs> yeah yeah but. that's like I, I how do you feel about this JC because like for me it makes it worse if I start like kicking myself over it and going like, well, this will be over soon. And then, you know, like, you know, the false positives like slapped yeah. on top of it as a plaster that that'll make it last longer. Yeah. And if, if you just like raise your hands up and say that shit, like this is where I am now and I'm going to feel like shit now. And this is, I'm feeling it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not gonna like try and pretend I'm not. Uh, and then when you allow it to sort of like wash over you, it passes sooner for me. Yeah, I don't that's know exactly well, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. You know, it feels like I said, like I was going through a time where I felt like I was just getting pummeled, but I was still trying to have that false hope. Like, OK, well, that was it. It's going to get better from here. Only up from here. All of that. But then like once you actually sink into it and you realize, no, I'm just I'm just in it. And you allow that, like you said, like once it washes over you, I feel like it's in that moment where you can finally breathe. You know, right. and you then you start to come out the other side because you just are is, accepting of what a, it is. And at that point, you just throw your hands up. It's going to be what it's going to be. You have no control of it. You, you have to stop trying to control it. And yeah. then that's exactly usually when I find that it starts to, you know, at least get to an even playing field. Right. And th this is like a skill that has to be learned. You know? Absolutely. This it internal. is a muscle. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a really good way to put it. It is a muscle that you need to train and, and yeah. just and give yourself that like really merciful internal monologue. Yeah, yeah. Just be kind to yourself and be like, yeah. it's fine. You got this. Like, you're depressed. That sucks. But you've done it before. You'll do it again. <laughs> right. And, and just like, you know, give yourself those mental hugs and like just 
you know, be your own big spoon, basically. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm stealing it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just tell everybody where you got it. <laughs> got you. <laughs> Cheers. All right. So, yeah, let's let's bring it back to uh to the band here for a second. Are you guys planning on taking this out on the road? Yeah, um, when we released the song, we hit the road for um, about two weeks, like I said, because it was just really important for me to uh, release the song and then go out and be able to talk about it. So people kind of knew the story about it. And, you know, I, I really like the connection of being able to do it face to face as opposed to just making like a blanket social media post, which, of course, you do that, too. But to be able to talk to people and hear their stories and just kind of connect on a more personal level was really important to me. And so we have a couple more shows coming up throughout the year as well. But like I said, being able to play that song live has been a real sort of huge moment in for me, just because I've never really gotten to talk so deeply to people about some of these issues. What's that moment like when a fan either writes you online or grabs you after the show or at the merch booth or whatever and says, Hey, this song, I connected with it and it changed me or it helped me or how does that feel? Yeah. It never gets old, you know, like it's, it's somewhat unexpected just to hear that, you know, a song can resonate with people so deeply, just being a fan of music myself and having that moment towards several of my favorite bands to have that uh, feeling be, you know, reciprocated towards my own band is always just kind of like a mind fuck to me <laughs> but but I love it and I'm so glad that people reach out and decide to talk to me about it and tell me that that they love it for you know that it's helped them through something or that it kept them from harming themselves or all kinds of things and just that's that's exactly why I wanted to release a song like that so it, it feels really validating and just really good and I hope to continue to hear that stuff um you know, as we continue playing it and getting the song heard by, you know, as many people as possible. Like that's, that's exactly why I do this. Do you ever feel a sense of responsibility to your fans to, to get this message across or is it just something you do for you? I, I mean, I think both can coexist. Like I definitely, it stems from a place of doing it for me, but um, being brave enough to open up about it is for the bigger picture, I think. Rena? Yeah. <clears throat> well, now that like, you know, well, at least here in Finland, we're, we're heading to what we call Mordor season with no, no sun. And I just, Oh boy. You know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Seasonal depression is, is totally a thing here. Real. Uh, yeah. But, but like, you know, I, maybe you guys are going to have more sun, but like, you know, the end of the year is nearing. So what is your best case scenario for 2024? What would you like to see happen? Uh, when um, we I've, conclude at 2023 and then you can start another journey. Yeah, I think I'm just excited to be able to release even more music and stay out on the road, you know, and like I said, just be able to connect with people. That's really just what I love to do. So anytime that able able to do more of that, I'm a happy girl. Yeah, sounds amazing. There's also like in, in our notes, there's there's the, uh, that you um loaned your voice to a, a wrestler's um, entrance yes. theme. Can, can you tell us about that project a little bit? Yeah, it was actually really crazy. My uh, manager at the time just hit me up and was just like, hey, um, 
I have a friend who needs a female vocalist for um, a wrestler in AEW was wondering if you could go in and knock it out for him real quick. So I hooked up with them and we chatted for a minute. I went into the studio the next day, sang it in like 20, 30 minutes, sent the files back to them. And they literally played it in the arena that night. Like it was so fast how it all happened. Oh my God, that's so badass. It was just like an it was like an online series at the time, but then she ended up going to like the main program, which was on TNT. So it was crazy to literally turn on the TV and hear my voice. That has never happened. It was like a big <laughs> moment. I'm like filming it on my phone. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> and like I had a bunch of friends hit me up there like that didn't even know that I did it because I didn't talk about it because I wasn't sure when it was gonna happened so like literally friends are texting me and they're like is that you on tv right now I'm like yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> great myself on the back a little bit <laughs> but yeah it was really cool the funny part was I kept getting all these messages from wrestling fans that were just like hey tell this wrestler I say hi I'm like I don't know them I'm sorry <laughs> I, don't I, don't... Them right. <laughs> I don't know and, like I was asked to be on all these wrestling podcasts and I'm like I don't know anything about wrestling I feel like such a poser <laughs> That's funny. That would have been my question. Like, is this something that you're really into? Like the wrestling thing? But no, they just I wanted your voice. Literally know nothing about it. But um, it was really cool because Layla Hirsch, the wrestler that I did the entrance theme for, she's super sweet. I talked to her like through Twitter a few times and she lives in the same city in New Jersey that my mom lives in. So I'm just kind of like, that's some stars aligning meant to be, you know, vibes so i'm like I, i'm so happy to do it and she was so grateful and so sweet so i i'm really thankful for her to have like such a great person to sing an entrance theme for it made me even more excited to be able to do it because i have a connection to her and i and now i just root for her all the time so i feel like i have to yeah, yeah so you're like slowly now easing your <laughs> yeah 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 you know world. <laughs> yeah, you can always learn something new and get into something that you didn't think that you just normally like your thing. So yeah, it's been yeah. a really cool experience. Yeah. Do you think it like translated into new fans or followers for you? Yeah, band? definitely. Uh, people definitely started to check out the band and, you know, a, a ton of people have messaged us saying that they got into us because they heard me on with on the entrance theme and wanted to know more of what we were about. And I was like, yeah, any avenues away. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah, it was super cool. JC, I appreciate you taking the time. If fans want to find you, how can they get a hold of you guys? Uh, we're pretty easy to find. Just a light divided at everything. Straightforward, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of that. Spotify, please, Spotify, stream the songs, please. <laughs> Rena, you got anything else before we go? Uh, well, congratulations on, on some of the really, really impressive streams that you already have. Thank but you. Then... Thank, you. Thank you so much Perfect. for taking the time. That was beautiful. Thank yeah. you. I've had a lot of fun today. And my brain is prepped and ready to go for the rest of the day now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Amazing. Now, now go sink your head in a bucket of coffee. That sounds amazing. And I will absolutely do that. I am an addict. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Thanks for taking the time, JC. Thank you guys so much. Hey, I hope y'all have a good one. You do the same. Be well. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will. 
with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.